Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVIC coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your VIC card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVIC coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVIC and Harris Teeter fuel points. Welcome to Gay Mass. Thanks for joining me tonight on the show. It is Sunday night, uh, 11.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Is that right? Or Central Daylight Time. I think it's Central Daylight Time. I always get this confused. But anyway, it's Central Something Time uh, here in Dallas. So thanks for joining me on Gay Mass tonight. I appreciate you listening. If you're listening live, thank you. If you're listening in the archives, thank you. Uh, just so you know, you can check me out at offlimitsshow.com on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, be sure to follow me on those as well as 
on um, iTunes. If you want to follow the show Game Ass Shows on uh, iTunes, you can search for Game Ass. You can search for Off Limits Show on there as well, as well as, um, what's the other one I do? Uh, Brain Purge, which I haven't done in a while. But uh, thanks for listening. So tonight we're talking about um, a few topics, one of which is gay best friends. Um, I wanted to discuss that, as well as some other things going on in gay culture and gay news. Um, but first I wanted to talk about Meshach Taylor. Um, anybody who's listening to the show who's probably gay or gay-friendly watched growing up, if you're my age range, um, Designing Women. And I loved Designing Women. It was an incredible show. And, you know, people said it was somewhat of a ripoff of uh, the Golden Girls or something. And I don't really think it was a ripoff. I think that they were putting all these women together and therefore it was similar. But it was uh, it wasn't the same show by any means. But it was a good show. And I loved it, you know. Uh, I loved Julia, uh, played by Dixie Carter. I loved Delta Burke, who reminded me of my mother, <laughs> um, uh, who played uh, Suzanne Sugarbaker, uh, and uh, Annie Potts, who played Mary Jo, and uh, Jean Smart, who played uh, Charlene. And I, of course, loved Meshach Taylor. And Meshach Taylor um, just died today. So he had apparently been um, suffering or um, enduring a long term um, battle with cancer. And so he died today, unfortunately, and uh, he is um, no longer with us. And it's sad because he was a really nice uh, person, nice guy and down to earth and all that stuff and a really good actor. I remember him, of course, in Designing Women. And he said that actually that part was um, supposed to be just a one-time walk-on role. It was not supposed to be a recurring uh, role, um, you know, or part of the main cast or anything. And uh, the chemistry that, that they had uh, together, uh, he and um, Delta Burke and uh, um, uh, Dixie Harder specifically, um, the three of the, the three of them had a specific kind of chemistry together that worked really well on screen and, uh, was funny and entertaining. And therefore the, um, the producers and the uh, writers of the show decided to write him into the show as a permanent character. And they did. So he became the delivery guy. So anyway, I wanted to say, um, you know, farewell to Meshach Taylor because he was a good actor and, uh, also a gay ally, even though he was not gay, he was a gay ally and, um, um, a good guy. So, Goodbye, uh, Meshack Taylor. Um, anyway, moving on. Um, there is um, there's this guy on um, that I was reading about on um, uh, I think on Queer Tea or I don't know one of those sites, and he I don't write about it about about it last week sometime. Um, he's a writer, and uh, he was he's a former writer for Entertainment Weekly. His name is Grady Smith, and. Um, he is, um, he'd written a blog post last week called coming out as a Christian. And in it, he says, he talks about why he's sacrificing his sexuality to God and essentially saying that he is being a gay Christian and that he's, he's a gay Christian man who believes in Jesus Christ. Um, but that he is not going to act on his quote unquote gay desires, um, which is ridiculous. So, Unfortunately, this guy's pretty cute, um, <laughs> but he also obviously is an idiot because, also, first of all, he's a Christian. I could never date someone who's that much of a Christian anyway, gay, straight, whatever. Um, but I think it's really sad that this guy is wasting his life um, to adhere to some ridiculous standard uh, that he feels he needs to meet in order to be a quote-unquote Christian. Now, I'm not a Christian, as you know, and, and I'm not a very big fan of them, but or Christianity, I should say. I'm not a fan of uh, the religion itself. But it is certainly um, 
prolific and a lot of people are gay and Christian at the same time. So it's not like the two are mutually exclusive, but unfortunately it oftentimes leads people specifically gay, specifically gay men and gay, gay women specifically to um, have self shame and to really kind of um, abhor who they are. And instead of accepting who and what they are, they are taught to uh, hate themselves as a result. And so, um, you know, there've been many, many instances and, in, and, in, um, um, examples of this in, um, my life, you know, friends, um, that I've known or whatever. Uh, and, and also as I, if you listen to my show, I've talked to Caleb on here a few times about he and his partners, um, um, issues with his, his partner's very, very, very highly Christian family who refused to accept him. Um, so to me, um, to, to kowtow to a religion that doesn't really want you in the first place, um, as interpreted by most Christians anyway, um, it just doesn't make any sense. And, you know, he's saying he's sacrificing his, his sexuality to God. So instead of having sex, he's just going to be celibate and be, still be a gay man. That's stupid. I mean, first of all, if something is natural, for example, it's like saying you're left-handed, but you're going to always use your right hand to write because that's what everyone's supposed to be doing. Everyone's supposed to write with their right hand and everyone's supposed to um, <clears throat> be able to write perfectly with their right hand and never make a mistake and and to never um, use their left hand because it's the devil's work or because it's just wrong or because it's not the majority of people who are made to write uh, right-handed or left-handed. So it, it's, it's just the same thing to say you're going to go against nature and use your right hand when you're a left-handed person or vice versa, as it is to say, you're going to go against nature or what nature intended you to be and, and to do. And you know, what you what comes naturally to you sexually, simply to appease some stupid religious book or some religious tenet that has nothing to do with reality. It just has to do with some fairy tales that have been told and bullshit. Um, and even if you believe in all that bullshit to actually continue to allow, um, brain control by a religion is makes it a cult you know, to me, that's the same thing. So if this guy is, is so devoutly Christian, um, that he completely ignores the sexual side of himself because his religious leaders tell him to, then he's a cult follower and they're a cult. And that really is what is happening here. And unfortunately there's a lot of gay men who go through this and, and there are that are gay and uh, struggling with accepting who they are and what they are. Um, you know, being gay or whatever, uh, because they have been raised to be, you know, straight or whatever, uh, or raised in a straight environment. And that's why it's so difficult, you know, for gays to come out in the first place because, because they're raised around people who are different than they are and they want to fit in. And instead of trying to rock the boat, like I did, and like most people don't do, <laughs> um, when they're young, they, they want to try to fit in. <clears throat> and so, um, they they come to this religious um, decision to not be to, or to be celibate because they're gay, um, because they want to um, essentially appease people and not because it's right for them. So it really ends up doing a great deal of damage to them psychologically. And um, you know the truth is, unfortunately, that this particular guy and the ones like him, they often end up being on grinder or, <laughs> or on those sex sites or whatever. And, um, and that leads me to this next statistic that I just read a few days ago in an article. 
18% of Grindr users are in the closet. And why is that? You know, why is it there's so many people in the closet using sex, gay sex sites? Because, because they're, they want to be anonymous and they want to be, or have anonymous sex and don't want people to know who they are because they for some reason they're in the closet and they don't want people to know who they are. Um, and because it's going to ruin their lives or whatever, because they're living a lie. And if they're living a lie, then, um, I don't really understand what they expect to happen. I mean, if you're going to live a lie, then you're never going to get true happiness. You're never going to get true fulfillment. You're never going to be truly um, who you are. You're always going to be living in the shadows of your own existence. You're never going to be anything but a, a paper thin replica of what you could be because living that lie allows does not allow any light into your life. You know, I've, I've said this before in my show. I mean, you live in, you're in the closet. It's said to be living in the closet because you're living in darkness and in the shadows and away, uh, hidden. Uh, that part of you is hidden away from other people and society, and it can't see the light of day. And what happens when something you know, you know, doesn't see light? And you know, if you put if you put a plant in a corner in the dark or in a closet in the darkness, does it grow? No, it doesn't grow. It dies. It withers away uh, and it doesn't um, thrive. So you have to bring it out into the, to the light, into the open. And it's the same way with being gay. Um, people who have this struggle, it's just so completely ridiculous because, I mean, I mean, if you think about it, the ridiculousness, the ridiculousness of it is that, you know, I know when I was um, a teenager, and I was afraid to come out that I was like, wow, this is going to be, I was, I was terrified. I was petrified. And yet once I did it the first time and the next time, and the next time it got easier and easier and easier and easier and easier. Um, I, because I realized that, you know, what was, what was the worst that could happen? Someone may not talk to me anymore. I may lose a friend or whatever, but generally speaking, I mean, the world did not end. I didn't, <laughs> the world did not collapse upon me. I was still the same person and most people still accepted me as I was anyway. And I had created in my mind all of this craziness. Now, sometimes it's justified to think that way, especially if you have completely highly overly religious parents or uh, live in an incredibly religious atmosphere, then obviously it's incredibly important that you, um, you know, it's understandable, much more understandable why you would want to stay in the closet. But if you are, you know, if it's beyond just your parents and talking to your friends or whatever, you need a support group. You need people who can talk to, who can under, you can understand them and you can learn from them and vice versa. And this kind of guy and these kind of people who just kind of keep their lives hidden are never going to get that. So I feel pity for people like this. I always have felt pity for people who are in the closet. I don't care what your reasons are for being in the closet, except except in the situation where your livelihood is in the hands of your parents or someone else or something like that, you know, that's different and understandable. But once you're 18 years old and you're, you're of age, you can, you can work for yourself, live, you know, live for yourself and live by yourself, et cetera. <clears throat> and you don't have to, you don't have to depend on someone else. I think staying in the closet is a complete, um, a complete, um, sellout. And I don't have any respect for people who do it. Um, and people, you know, some people who are actually in the closet, you know, especially in the entertainment industry are, uh, often, you know, saying, oh, well, I can't come out cause it'll ruin my career or whatever. Well, you know, your career is a lie. Your career is based on 
on lies that you've told or perpetuated um, so that you can make more money off of people. And I don't see how that is in any way at all noble or something to respect. I find it to be just pathetic and, and sad. Honestly, I do. Um, but you know, everybody's different and, and it may sound like I'm really hard and harsh on this, but being in the closet, is just stupid. It's just dumb. You're wasting your life away. You're wasting time. You're wasting, uh, you're wasting the best part of yourself in a lot of ways anyway, which, which is equatable to, you know, love. I mean, you're not going to find love most likely if you're in the closet anyway, um, you're going to, you're going to turn your, turn your life away from it. Um, because you're, you can't ever let somebody in completely. If you can't be open a hundred percent of the time, you can't introduce them to your parents. You can't introduce them to your friends. Then that's not really love. So hopefully people will begin to, um, come out even more and they seem to be doing that. It seems like people are getting younger and younger, more like when I was a 14 year old, when I came out and, um, it was, uh, very rare then for someone that young to come out. But these days it's coming, people are coming out more and more. So I think it's fantastic. I'm going to take a break, come back. We're going to talk about gay best friends and some other things in the news. I'll be right back after this. It doesn't matter if you love him or capital H I M M M. Put your paws up, cause you were born this way, baby. My mama told me when I was young, we're all on superstars. She pulled my hair, put my lipstick on, in a glass of purple dry.
be a drag, just be a queen. Whether you're broke or evergreen, your black, white, beige, show legend, your Lebanese, your Orient. Whether like disabilities left you outcast for leader teased, rejoice and love yourself today, 'cause baby, you were born no this way. No medication to buy, lesbian, transgender life on the right track, baby. I was born to survive. No matter black, white, or beige, or the Orient. So we're back. That's an ode to our day today. Um, today marks the 45th year since the Stonewall riots. Um, gay pride festivities across the country today have, were honoring the 45th anniversary of the Stonewall, Stonewall riots. So um, it's an incredible milestone. It's been 45 years. Um, and in 1969, uh, if you don't know what happened in 1969, a violent confrontation happened between, uh, the police who were raiding the Stonewall Inn bar. Um, and, uh, it happened between the, the police and the, and the patrons there and the patrons refused to be, um, refused to be, they fought back essentially and refused to be arrested just because they were gay or assembling together, um, and were being arrested because they were gay. And so they fought back in the, for the first time in, in history, really. And up until that point, most protests and things, the majority were very peaceful and respectable, and people just kind of marched and hold, held signs or whatever. And after that, um, gay rights got a boost, I think. And um, things really changed uh, in the way gays approached um, gay rights or protesting gay rights or whatever. And I think it what really changed the, the conversation. And we really made a lot of headway uh, with gay rights up until the early 1980s, 80, 1980, 81. Uh, and the reason for that is, is because we made a lot of headway and people were beginning, beginning to accept gays and whatever. Not, not completely, but I mean, it was, it was happening slowly. And uh, then all the progress we'd made got halted because of uh, the HIV outbreak in the community in 1981. Um, and so I think that that we had made a lot of progress and it got kind of set back because of that. And then the 90s rolled around and then 2000s we, where we had um, HIV was understood more and people didn't really have, it wasn't a death sentence anymore or whatever. And it wasn't a gay disease. Uh, it, um, it, it, people, it's so our gay rights began to kind of reinvent themselves again and began to regenerate, I should say. And I think that has happened a great deal. And obviously look where we are now, look at the difference between 1969 when we had no rights really as gay people and night and 2014, where, we are on the precipice of having 
gay marriage recognized by every single state in the country. Um, and it's already recognized by the federal government and having, um, equality and protection under the law and many states and places and, and the federal government. So it is an incredible journey that we've had. It's been taking a very long time as these things do, unfortunately, as they did, of course, for, for, um, African-American rights, you know, 300 years, 200 years of slavery or 300 years of slavery and then another 50 years of <laughs> oppression and then another 50 years of civil rights activists just for the, the black community. And then the gays have been in the closet for so long until the 60s, really, 50s and 60s and kind of became more visible. And we had to fight 50 years for our civil rights as well, pretty much. So it's, it is, um, it is a, a great milestone. So, so today, uh, 45 years ago, was when the Stonewall riots occurred. And I, you know, you look back on that time and you think, wow, I would have been a fighting bitch, you know, if I had been um, harassed for being gay or whatever. But of course, it was a different time. People reacted differently to the situation and people did not, um, treat gays well at all. And of course they still don't <laughs> in many ways, in many instances, but you know, it's easy to say what you would have done if you'd been there, but I'm just proud that these people stood up for us. Then the people who not just stood up for us on, on that day, but actually took uh, the reins of the civil rights movement for gays and lesbians in America and began to push the conversation forward about our rights and really, the very beginning, when it was the scariest time to be openly gay, people, these people did it anyway. And I want to say thank you to those people in the future, the, the previous generations before me, you know, the baby boomer generation before me, uh, before Generation X. I want to thank those people for all they've done. I want to thank my generation for what we've done. And I want to thank the generations behind me that are coming up today and actually doing something about it, speaking out for gay rights and gay pride and for civil liberties for gays, because it is an important, important thing. And it is important that we all continue to do this because the fight is not over yet and it won't be for a very long time. Okay. So I want to talk about gay best friends real quick. Um, you know, I've talked, I think before, maybe I have, maybe I haven't about, there's a special relationship between gay guys and, and straight women. I think, you know, that we have, and I think having, um, gay best friends, for women fills a void that is missing a lot of times for, from, for them and the same for gay men, you know, the relationship between two, between a gay man and a straight woman is not the same relationship that two women have. And obviously, and um, it's also not the same relationship that two men have obviously either. It's a very unique relationship because with a gay man and a straight woman, you don't have the competition that you do between two women or between two men. So it takes away the competitiveness. You also don't have the sexual tension, uh, you know, typically between that you do with, uh, two, with a heterosexual male and female or with two gay men and, or with two gay women or whatever. So you don't have these, 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 these things that kind of impede a truly deep, uh, friendship, I think, between, um, people. Uh, and I think that that's an important distinction. And I think that's why gay men and, and, uh, <laughs> straight women typically have such a, a big affinity for one another. Uh, there's an understanding there. There's no threat. There's no threat. There's no, um, competition. There's no sexual tension. It's just two people liking each other for who they are. And that's it. Now, of course there are many, there's no, no one's perfect and there's never any uh, particular um, gay, um, what's the word? 
there's no particular relationship that ever does it doesn't have any kind of problems. Of course, they have problems, especially when you know a lot of times when you have a gay best friend and a gay a gay gay male friend and a straight female friend. A lot of times, once the female starts dating a guy, she kind of dumps the gay guy. And a lot of times, when the gay guy starts you know dating a guy, he start, he dumps the girl. <laughs> So in that sense, it's very much like any typical women together or, or friends or whatever. Um, and that's unfortunate if that happens, but in, you know, it does sometimes. And sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. If they're really truly friends and they stay integrated in their lives together. But I know I had had a friend um, for a very long time in my life until I was 22 years old and we were very close, grew up from the age of nine together. And we were like brother and sister as well. And you know, I was openly gay and everything, and she was straight. And once um, she had a baby, she kind of just kind of flew off the radar for a very long time. And so that happens as well. Women will have babies, and, they, and that becomes their whole life and everything. And I understand that to some degree. I just think that people, unfortunately, um, you know, use people a lot. Uh, they they don't always know that they're doing it, but they do. You know, a lot of times women will use gay men as a substitute for a heterosexual man, a relationship with a heterosexual man or with other women. And a gay man will often use a female friend as a substitute for uh, other friends as well. So it is, it is um, an interesting dichotomy in a lot of ways. And it's an interesting um, relationship that they have. I think that it is a very special relationship. And, you know, I used to have, um, you know, gay female, gay straight female friends all the time. And I haven't had one in a while. I mean, I kind of miss having a, a female sidekick, you know, <laughs> I haven't had one in a really long time. So if anybody's wanting to apply as my female sidekick, please let me know. Um, you can send your application to info at offlimitshow.com. And I'm happy to take your, your, uh, your application. You have to like to go to the movies. You have to like culture, art, artistic uh, endeavors. You have to like, um, politics, discussing politics. You have to like shopping and all those fun things as well. And going to the spa and stuff like that, of course. So if you are interested, let me know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyway. Um, now I don't know if how many of you watch big brother. Um, but there is on big brother, well, first of all, this, I don't know, I watch it every year and, um, my husband and I watch it together and we are, um, you know, we love the show. We're big, we're big, uh, we're big, um, big brother fans. And this year they actually changed the, um, they actually changed the, um, format a lot this year because they had it where, um, it was, um, um, well, if you, I don't know. I don't want to go into the whole thing, but basically, if you watch the show, you know that they typically usually have one head of household. This year, they have two, and then and they just really changed up everything. Anyway, one of the things that um, has happened though recently is um, one of the castmates um, on the show. His name's Caleb. Uh, he's like this country boy guy, whatever. And he's actually, in my opinion, the hottest guy on the show. There's another guy on the show named, um, something. I can't remember his name. Um, but he's, he's pretty hot too. But the hottest guy on the show is this racist guy, apparently, <laughs> in my opinion. And he's got a beautiful body and he's very, um, uh, very, very country and very masculine and everything. So he's, he's definitely hot, but unfortunately he's definitely like a total racist as well. And total homophobe. Um, he actually says his name is Caleb Reynolds and he, 
you know, he said in a post on Instagram about a year and a half ago, he wrote in a response to a Barack Obama thing, he said, quote, you agree with fags? I guess so, but I don't agree with murdering an innocent baby, which he clearly doesn't mind. You're just a Democrat that wants the Muslim monkey in office. Mm. I mean, that's pretty, pretty fucking racist. I mean, it's not like he just said something about Obama being, you know, like insinuated racist, but he also said something about him being a monkey. Um, and then, of course, he says he, he doesn't agree with fags or whatever. So, interestingly enough, he is uh, the first head of household. Well, there's two head of households, like I told you. So, he's the first head of household, and he says to share their head of household with the other head of household, which is a gay guy um, named Spencer. I can't remember his name. Anyway, and um, so he seems to be getting along with him just fine, and I haven't seen any indication of his racist ranting or anything yet, but of course the show is young. The season is young, I should say. Uh, so I don't know what's going to actually happen ultimately, but we'll see. I don't know. I think that, um, it, I don't know if he's really racist or what, but if he really is a racist, uh, and a homophobe, I mean, I hope he doesn't win. We had the whole issue with Aaron, whatever her name is, the racist, uh, anti, uh, <laughs> anti-Asian chick, Aaron Grise, or think was her name last season. And um, she was also a big racist. And, and this has only been happening in the past season and this season. So I'm wondering if there's something going on within, within this generation where racism is coming, coming back. I mean, it's making a comeback. For the longest time, it seemed like um, it was going away and people were not so fucking hung up on bullshit and things that doesn't matter, like race or whatever, or, or homosexuality or religion or whatever. But it seems like um, last season and this season, these young people in their 20s or whatever are just kind of fucking racist. A few of them were actually. So I don't know. It's pretty um, sad. But I don't know. Living in a house with somebody who's like that, I would not, for one, be able to deal uh, I, I I would not be able to bite my tongue at all. You know you know me if you listen to my show. <laughs> I would not be able to bite my tongue for one second if he ever did anything. You know, and these people don't know that he did this. I guess before they came in there because they didn't know who they were going to be in the show with, um, so they couldn't look him up or anything before they came in there. So they don't know anything about his past. But so far he hasn't done anything, so they don't know how he feels about these things. But I don't know if uh, I don't know if they're going to uh, find out or not. But we'll see. One more thing I want to talk about was any Indiana clerk had denied um, marriage license in Indiana, uh, even though she's required to issue them, uh, due to her biblical beliefs. And I wanted to say, you know, if we all did things like that, we all didn't do things that we should do by law, but based on our biblical beliefs, um, there's a or our religious beliefs or non-religious beliefs or whatever. There's a lot of fucking shit people wouldn't wouldn't do. I mean, she doesn't have the right to just unilaterally decide I'm not going to issue gay marriage certificates, even though it's the law now, because I don't agree with it, even though it's my fucking job. So fuck her. I'm so fucking sick of people like this and people who are trying to um, use their own, you know, religious agenda uh, to, you know, uh, kind, of, kind of impose their own religious agenda upon the rest of us. It's so fucking ridiculous. Now, people who are anti-gay would say, well, what about the gay agenda? You're trying to, you're trying to impose the gay agenda on all of us. Fuck you. No, we're not. <laughs> we're not making you get gay married or making you have you know, like gay adoption. We're not doing anything to make you do anything. We're not trying to prevent you from getting married to someone. We're not trying to prevent you from adopting kids. We're not trying to prevent you from having equal rights. That's the difference, people, that people like this, these these idiot religious nutbags, the difference is they are trying to take away our rights and trying to prevent us from having equality, trying to take something away from us. 
And we are trying to have something that is of equal measure, nothing more, nothing less. That is the difference. And so people need to figure out the fucking difference here because there is one. Anyway, that's the whole show for today. I want to thank you for listening to Game Ass. Um, if you missed any part of the show, you can listen to it in the archives if you weren't listening live. And I'll be back later in the week, hopefully with Brain Purge if I have time. If not, I'll be back next week for sure with Game Ass. I want to thank you for listening and have a great night. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. 